Welcome to What I Meant to Say Was, a weekly pad- podcast. Podcast? A podcast <laughs> from Canon Church. Is that a fresh expression? Where we explore, <laughs> apply, and sometimes clarify the message from this last Sunday. And so... I am here with Pastor Tim. We started a new uh, series this past Sunday, uh, which really kind of um, unpacks even further one of our... um, I was going to say focuses foci for, for the year, uh, for the year, um, and that is the goodness of God. Be, because one of those um, foci being uh, getting closer, getting closer to God, um, and um, and what that looks like. And so we, um, I guess we're we're kind of fleshing this out over the course of a number of. Um, what, eight weeks? Is it eight weeks? Yeah. Eight weeks. Yeah, eight months, whole weeks. Eight whole weeks um, uh, around the goodness of God. And so um, I guess we'll start there. Like mm-hmm. eight whole weeks? Yeah. <laughs> well, right. So the so the reading, the reading each of those eight weeks is from Exodus chapter 34, verses 6 through 7, where we find five attributes of God. Um, God himself says that he is merciful, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. And so we want to devote one week to each of those five attributes. This Sunday was the introduction to kick off the series. Um, We'll have um, a kind of added episode in the middle um, on the challenge of love, and then an added episode at the end, um, what's missing from God. Because if these are God's top five attributes, what he thought was important to put out there, what's on our list that's missing from his list Mm. what's front and center for him that is not front and center for Mm. us and what's front and center for us that does not seem to be quite so important to him Mm. that's good um and 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 so you one of the things that i appreciated this sunday to kind of put this all into context for us um was how this passage from exodus is really uh, there's a refrain throughout uh the old testament right. um in these attributes of god and you put all of those up on the screen for us and um and i from the psalms to joel to right. you know uh and how in a sense this is the John three sixteen of uh, the Old Testament, right? Right, and 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 how those points obviously are um, so integral to how we understand God. Yeah, and yet there's this other part of that passage, right? That we that you put on the back of the t-shirt and mm-hmm. if y'all didn't um, um hear the message or weren't with us on Sunday um the front of the t-shirt had all of the good things about God all of the attributes that that Tim just listed and the back of the t-shirt uh was i guess contextualized for our <laughs> right, right. our modern audience um into the latter part of this passage of scripture so talk about that yeah, a little bit yeah so there is a uh, what others have referred to, I did uh, use the same language of a positive pull and a negative pull, negative from our perspective. Um, it's obvious that we want and love God to be merciful, gracious, um, slow to anger, though we're a little uncomfortable with uh, divine yeah, anger. There's anger in right? there. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, we're glad that it's slow. We'd rather it be not there at all. Um, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. And then as a manifestation of that faithfulness, God says that he forgives iniquity, transgression, and sin, 
but doesn't clear the guilty, uh, visits the iniquity or, uh, of the children, or <clears throat> visits the iniquity to the you know to the third and the fourth generation. Mm-hmm. So right, so the T-shirt that I imagined would be uh, <laughs> on the front. God is merciful, gracious, slow to anger, forgiving, and then on the back but still coming for you, your children, your grandchildren, and your great-grandchildren. Um, you know, the, the, uh, one of the things that I, I'm not quite sure that I said out loud in the way that I, I would like is that God, before that revelation to Moses, God tells Moses, I will cause all my goodness to pass before you, mm-hmm. which I think is incredibly important to understand that all of those attributes, the ones we love and rush toward and the ones we're nervous about and mm-hmm. run away from, all of them are amazing manifestation of the goodness of God. Mm -hmm. Um, I tried to get there. I don't know that I said it in quite that way, but we will come back to that in a few weeks when uh, I preach on the goodness of wrath. And Mm -hmm. so what does it mean for us to experience um, the the wrath of God as a manifestation of his goodness, Mm -hmm. um, as a manifestation of his love? Um, So yeah, the positive and the the negative, the awesome, awe-inspiring and we sometimes kind of feel like awful yeah. <laughs> side yeah. of God. Um, yeah, so it's all there and it's all part of the goodness of God. And so if we want to get closer to God, we, we need to be able to get to a place where we experience that as as a manifestation of goodness. And that, that, that attribute um, of anger, hmm. but slow to anger, right. um, you really helped us get a picture of um, in that, I mean, first of all, uh, or, or maybe second, but one preceded the other, but you talked about the opposite of um, uh, love not being, right. uh, uh, or the opposite of love being indifference, right? right? right. And, um, and you kind of drove this home with this amazing poem, which we talked about earlier today as well, this amazing poem that I, I feel like just illustrates um, our understanding of um, God's anger um, in light of God's love. And that was The, uh, the Clasp right. by Sharon Olds. She was four. He was one. It was raining. We had colds. He had, we had been in the apartment two weeks straight. I grabbed her to keep her from shoving him on his face again. And when I had her wrist in my grasp, I compressed it fiercely for a couple of seconds to make an impression on her, to hurt her, our beloved firstborn. I even almost savored the stinging sensation of the squeezing the expression into her of my anger. Never, never again. The righteous chant accompanying the clasp. It happened very fast. Grab, crush, 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 release. And at the first extra force, she swung her head as if checking who this was and looked at me and saw me. Yes, this was her mom. Her mom was doing this. Her dark, deeply opened eyes took me in. She knew me. In the shock of the moment, she learned me. This was her mother, one of the two whom she most loved, the two who loved her most. Near the source of love was this. So again, man, what a powerful illustration of uh, this this. God who is slow to anger and yet um, 
the 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 tension that anger is held in um is that of love hmm. and um and yes that is what this was right right was was anger right so um i guess unpack that a little bit for us and 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 how this poem came to be <laughs> yeah i mean right. how poignant how timely so yeah i mentioned <laughs> i mentioned yesterday or sunday um that uh we were at a parent night at brookwood high school and kind of going back and forth between classes for our son and our daughter. We went to uh, Mr. Kling's class. Molly has him for literature. And he read that poem, shared that poem with the parents, which the class had discussed. Mm-hmm. And it really struck me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, I mean, it's such a great poem. Mm-hmm. You can see everything and feel it. Um, but it does, it, it's, it is such a great example of uh, the relationship between God's anger and God's love mm-hmm. and that the daughter is shocked to discover that her parents love her brother <laughs> as much as they love her. What? And I am not the center of right, the universe. I am not the center of the universe. Um, and, and they love him. My, you know, her mother loves her brother as much and no less mm-hmm. than she loves me. But, but then also it's not said in the poem, but we would add that because the mother loves the daughter she also doesn't want the daughter to be that to grow up in that way doesn't want the daughter to be cruel to her brother so she wants that both for him and for her Mm. um and i just the end is so striking near the source of love is this and the shock of that discovery on the daughter's part yeah not only that she's not the center of the universe um but that her mother who loves her can also be and is angry with mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I think it's just a, a, a great lens through which to kind of read these kind of passages and recognize that God has wrath because God is love. Mm-hmm. Um, well, another thing that, I mean, I think was, and we kind of talked about this last week when we were um, planning worship that um, again is just such a commentary on what was actually happening um, when um, uh, uh, essentially God and his people have made this covenant right, right? yeah and um, and kind of where this co- where this comes from right where right. where this is kind of emerging all of the events that have led up to this point and the um the 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 way that you kind of summed this all up for us was that uh you know that this covenant has been made and Moses is on the mountain with God um kind of uh working out the details of what their marriage if right. you if you what will will look their like will their laugh life, life together will look like from yeah. this point on and he is slow to return mm-hmm. and God's people get um antsy and wonder if he's coming back and then ask uh, Aaron, uh, their priest, to make a, a golden calf, a god for them to to worship. Um, yeah. And uh, and wow, I mean, just what a commentary on humanity in general. However, right. the way what you likened this to was committing adultery on your wedding night. Yeah. So say a little bit more about yeah, that, so, or the honeymoon. Uh, right, even, right. Yeah. When we mm-hmm. met to get ready for the service, I mentioned the honeymoon, but then by the time I preached, I, I shifted uh, metaphors from adultery on the wedding night to adultery on the honeymoon mm-hmm. because God's marriage to Israel is in Exodus chapter 24. That's right. when Moses 
and the elders of the people go up the mountain and the covenant is officially cut. It is the relationship is established. There is a meal. And in the ancient world, um, these kind of partnerships, uh, these kind of covenants are established uh, not just with a kind of written document, but with a meal that is shared. And so Moses and the elders of Israel you know, eat a meal with God on the mountain. That's the wedding feast. Mm -hmm. And then everything after that is Moses and God, as you said, kind of working out the details. Mm -hmm. They're talking about Israel's life together with God, what that will look like going Mm -hmm. forward, what God will do, what they should do to be faithful to the covenant. And they, yes, they get impatient. They get anxious. Um, And I didn't say this on Sunday, but I I referenced when uh, God descended to the to the summit of Mount Sinai in Exodus 19 and delivered the Ten Commandments. Right. And the people, you know, basically tell Moses, look, that was, that, <laughs> that was, that's too, enough. That was too much. That's, that's too, too much. You talk to God, let us know what he says. <laughs> right. So, so the thing is that Moses becomes their tangible, concrete, visible, touchable connection with God. And he's disappeared. He's been gone the for 40 days. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. there is a, there is a, there is a real human longing at the heart of their request that Aaron give them gods to go before them. They mm-hmm. they have lost their tangible, touchable, visible connection with God. Um and uh and that that desire itself of course is not is not bad. Um and that's an observation I got from mm-hmm. Naman Nahum Sarna, a Jewish biblical scholar. I had mm-hmm. not thought about that. Mm-hmm. But then it leads them right. I mean uh, Well they're looking for love in all the wrong places. <laughs> right, right on exactly their honeymoon. <laughs> and they're not trusting, right? They're not trusting. Uh-huh. Um and so they they um Right. Aaron asks for their gold, and then he he fashions a golden calf, which is uh, an image of power, right, and of fertility. And then they have the kind of worship that was fairly common with fertility gods, which is to say there's a feast, which is great, but there's also all sorts of sexual stuff going on, it would seem, as Moses and Joshua come down the mountain and... um, and Moses himself throws the tablets down, breaks the covenant, and the whole relationship is put in jeopardy. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's a pretty powerful image of Israel committing adultery against God on their honeymoon. They've just said, I do. They've just said, mm-hmm. you know, yes, we will be your people. You will be our God. And then they go and worship other gods. Yeah. I think this whole, I mean, uh, these are conversations that I you know, have with with friends, with loved ones, with um, uh, folks that have been a part of the church, uh, uh, um, the churches that I've served for a number of years. But this whole, we get so hung up in like how we define love, and mm. you know, and and it's, I mean, it's just interesting um, when we think of, you know, we have one word in the English language, right. and obviously there um, there are many many forms of love that are expressed in the Greek language, but. Um, uh, I also wonder, um, you know, this whole idea of, and for me as a parent, um, I think it, is, I am able to better grasp this this tension that is, you know, right. so beautifully depicted in this, uh, illustrated in this poem. But this whole idea of love that also wants to keep us from harm, and sometimes mm. that, you know, uh, it could require extreme measures. That that love is not always squishy and permissive, and right. go for it and. Right do whatever you want and i mean you know i mean if we're looking even at the the 10 commandments the mm-hmm. um and the uh, as a part of the covenant 
that um, God made with with God's people as to how to live in relationship with God and with one another. Right. Um, you know, there's there's obviously some prohibitive things that are that right. are in there, and yet this is all a part of God's goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we can get really tangled up in yeah. you know in in our ideas of what love looks like, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, that just continued to to kind of um, play back uh, as I reflected on the message from um, from Sunday, and 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 brought me to the question, like, okay, what does this, Tim? What does this look like? Um, for us today, like mm. to really be able to understand and hold intention, you know, the, the anger and the love of God. Right. Yeah. Um, that's it. Yeah. That's a great question. Um, I, uh, I think we have misunderstood God's wrath and either we've run away from it entirely mm. as unworthy of God and not part of the image of God that Jesus gives to us. Of course it actually is, or we have, um, in some quarters in our, in the midst of our political mm. culture, we have fetishized the, mm. the wrath of God. Mm. We like to invoke it and to use it as a cudgel yeah. and a threat against our real or perceived enemies and then invoke the day of judgment and, you know. Um, and to rationalize when bad things happen <laughs> right. to people that we disagree with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I feel like there's, um, we just all need to kind of come to Jesus moment and, and actually mean that quite literally yeah. come to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And there is a holy and righteous anger in Jesus, which we hear about and also see. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, uh, and I, I was actually just thinking this morning about one of the, stories in Mark's gospel when a man with leprosy uh, approaches Jesus um, and he breaks the Torah, he breaks the law to come physically close to Jesus and, Hmm. and, and, and bow. I mean, kneel in front of him and say, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And, and the Greek that the, I'm going to get a little Bible nerdish here, but in most of our English translations, it will say like something like deeply moved or move with compassion. Jesus reaches out, touches the man and says, I do choose, or I do will be clean. But some of our Bibles and some of the footnotes in our Bibles will say that, or it may say, um, move with anger. Mm. Jesus reached out and touched the man. Mm. It's far more likely that scribes with the best of intentions would change anger to compassion mm. than change compassion to anger. So uh, I think probably Mark's original said, move with anger. Hmm. So why is he angry? Yeah. Is he angry because this leper got this close to him without saying out class? I'm going to say no. <laughs> I'm going to say no as well, right? <laughs> I'm going to say no. Right? He's angry at the leprosy and all that it's done to his body yeah. and to his life because you were socially... Uh, stigmatized and ostracized. I mean, you, you had to separate yourself from your family, from your friends, from your village. You had to live on the outskirts of right. town. You had to announce your presence to people so they wouldn't get too close to you. You were also considered on the outside with God. You could not go to the temple. The systems and the laws had marginalized this right. man. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think Jesus was angry at the leprosy and what it had mm-hmm. done to this man. Um, and he clearly wasn't like angry at him, he reaches out and touches him. That's the other thing is he touches him before he heals him. He doesn't heal him first. And then when it's safe, touch him. No, he touches him while he still has the leprosy. Mm. 
And, and so there's a holy anger, there's a righteous anger. And I, and I think it shows us that God's anger, um, is rooted in his compassion. Yeah. And I think that's important because a lot of people can justify their own actions and say, Oh, it's righteous anger, but it's, it's more, um, self motivated or oriented and not, not God oriented and motivated and and the love of God that seeks to make all things right. And, um, even out the rough places and bring the high, the low and low, the high. And, you know, um, that whole, the justice of God is very much tied with the righteousness of God. And, um, and yeah, I mean, people can try to rationalize or justify their own, um, actions and call them righteous anger. I mean, so much of our anger, I think comes from fear. Mm -hmm. We may not see it that way, but that's where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the politics of, uh, you know, our day is deeply rooted in fear and anxiety, deep fear, deep anxiety that many Americans feel over the, the changes in our country. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and, and so our anger comes from that. Right. That's not coming from compassion. Right. That's not coming from care. That's it's not self-serving. Coming from, it's, yeah. Right. It's not coming from love for neighbor. It's coming from fear of neighbor mm. and suspicion of neighbor and hostility toward neighbor. And so it's hard to see how a church that's angry in that way reflects the image of God mm. is bearing witness to the gospel of Jesus. Right. Um, well, so. if all of those other things are missing, right? right? The, right. the, 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 um, the mercy, right? right. And the compassion. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, abounding in steadfast love, yeah. that faithfulness. Um, so, um, so this, this passage of scripture in Exodus 34 will continue to be the overarching yeah. um, passage for the next um, eight weeks and mm-hmm. all those attributes right. of God. Um, and so this kind of set the tone for the next right. couple of weeks. What's what's coming down the pike? So this this week will be on mercy or compassion. Um, the sermon title is The Womb of God, because as we will discover, the Hebrew for mercy or compassion shares the same root as the Hebrew for womb. And, uh, and so there's clearly and so mercy or compassion um, is on the one hand um, a deep affection it's an emotion word right so it is compared with a mother's love for her for her child it's also compared to a father's love for his for his child so mm-hmm. there's a deep affection a deep care that's at the heart of mercy um, but that that deep affection, that deep care, then is manifested in action. And yeah. in the Old Testament, um, most often mercy gets expressed as forgiveness and or deliverance. God's mercy is more than a feeling; it is a feeling. It's a it, it is that kind of from the gut, from the depths of God's being. He cares for us, has affection for us, and because of that affection and that care, God who is merciful forgives. God who is merciful delivers. Yeah. Um, and then the question is, okay. And then how shall we live if we are made in the image of a God who is merciful? Mm. And, and I mean, and, and that just the whole word compassion, I mean, yeah. always evokes in me this recognition of the, the, um, the, the calm, the with, the with yeah. passion that, right. that is very sacrificial and not self-serving at all. When right. we think of, um, it's always been a place for me to go to. When I think of the passion of mm. the Christ, the right. passion of God, it is all about sacrifice. It is all about, um, um, self-donation it's all about giving everything there to, to to prove that love to be a demonstration yeah. of that love and that withness of um 
of that love. So I, I appreciate that. Looking forward to the yeah. um, to the next couple of weeks and and really getting to unpack this together. Um, is there anything that you didn't get to say or a story you didn't get to tell? Or <laughs> well, um, there's one I chose not one thing I chose not to mention, uh, which was that I had a professor of preaching in seminary who told us yeah. never to use poems in sermons. Uh, he said, "Don't use bad poems because they're bad. Don't use good poems because no one will understand them." In other words, don't use your don't use poems in your sermons. <laughs> and so I thought about using that, and um, yet, and, and 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 so I'm going to share a poem. <laughs> Um, but that poem in particular, I thought kind of broke the rules, right? There's an exception to every rule. And that's a great poem that can be understood readily by people, even, you know, people who love poetry and people who don't, I think it paints a picture. I'm glad you included the poem. I I am too. I was excited. (laughs) I am glad you included the poem. Well, well, thank you for joining us. We pray blessings on your week. If you have enjoyed this podcast, or even if you haven't, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Share, review um, on Apple Podcasts. You can find us also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Amazon Music. We will catch you next week. 